The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back to Strengthen Your Roots. I'm Carly Yano, Customer Service Specialist in Pierre, South Dakota, and your host for this month's episode. This month, we'll be highlighting our fourth employee resource group, Catalyst. Today, we are fortunate enough to have Rebecca Shively and Lacey Dalton chat with us. Thank you to all to all who have signed up for the All ERG Conference in November. We are excited to see everyone. So before we get started with questions, can you both introduce yourself, how long you've been with Farm Credit, and maybe something you guys do outside of work? Yeah, thanks for having us, Carly. My name's Rebecca Shively. I am part of our customer education team here. I've been with the associations for a little over three years. Um, I'm on Team Catalyst. And things outside of work, I I love doing anything outdoors. It's summer, so it's time for golf, sand volleyball, hiking, camping, all that fun stuff, anything that gets me outside. I'm Lacey Dalton. I'm part of the sales enablement team as a sales talent development specialist. Uh, I've been with our associations for uh, just a little over four years, and I've always kind of been in the sales enablement capacity since I've been here. Uh, And what I like to do outside of work, same thing as Rebecca said, it's outdoors right now. So um, golf is a big hit for us in the Dalton household. And then just chasing my little one, Logan, uh, around seems to keep us really busy outside. All right. So tell us a little bit about the Catalyst ERG. What is Catalyst's mission? How long has it been been an ERG? And uh, how many are a part of this ERG? Yeah. So the mission of Catalyst is to foster opportunities to empower women and enrich their professional development. And really our vision is around women discovering, pursuing, and achieving their true potential. So the story of Catalyst goes back a while. Um, It definitely predates my time here. But in 2014, um, the company commissioned a study to learn more about obstacles for women in the workplace, especially when it comes to leadership. So they did a bunch of interviews, focus groups, a survey, um, and later they formed Team Catalyst in 2015. Um, So that was kind of the, the reasoning for starting the group. We usually have around kind of 10 to 12 members on our, our leadership, our planning team that works on our events and initiatives. Um, but Catalyst events are open to anyone in the company. So men, women, everyone is welcome to participate and join in the conversation. Awesome. Do you have to be a female to be on the team? You don't have to be a female. So as Rebecca mentioned, we have about a dozen uh, teammates that support uh, our Catalyst ERG efforts. And uh, we have a couple males, uh, actually, who are currently on the team, which is really fun to see. So while the majority of the focus and time and attention that we put uh, out there as an ERG is really around um, helping the development and growth of our female teammates, the um, the involvement and engagement of, of folks behind the scenes is, is really welcome to everybody. We're uh, always actively looking for um, male teammates to join uh, the crew just simply because they might bring a slightly different perspective and some fresh insights that um, we wouldn't see otherwise. So whether it's just attending an event or thinking about raising your hand to join Catalyst, uh, we welcome everyone and anyone. Awesome. I love that. So good to hear. All right. Why did you gals join Catalyst? So when I started at Farm Credit, one of the first events I attended was actually the Catalyst Conference. So it was a really great kind of first opportunity to meet new people in the company. I just really like the people in the group and the energy. I think I've always had a passion around women's issues. Uh, Once upon a time in a former career, I worked for a nonprofit that did advocacy and research uh, around women and leadership issues. And it was also one of my interests when I was in graduate school. I did some research around women and leadership. So it's always been a, a passion of mine. I've had a lot of really great female role models and mentors throughout my career. So it's just an issue that really hits home for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, it was really 
uh, you know, a little over a year ago, I was looking for some more opportunities to connect and um, work with teammates that I don't regularly work in. Uh, being a part of sales enablement, I work really heavily, of course, with our sales teammates and our sales leaders. Um, but there's a lot of other teammates, right, that, that support the cause here beyond our sales teams. And so I was not only just looking for a new opportunity to uh, take on something uh, different and in addition to my day-to-day, -day, but also an opportunity to connect and plug in with other teammates. And um, I've always really uh, felt like I'm closely aligned to the efforts of Catalyst, uh, specifically as I think about the cell space. You know, prior to this, um, I've really always been uh, in, in a sales capacity, whether that's an individual contributor or a sales leader or now supporting um, you know, our sales learning efforts through sales enablement. And traditionally on the sales side of things, uh, there's just not as much women representation as there is um, males. And and whether that's, you know, an individual, uh, like I said, an individual sales contributor role or even a sales leader role, uh, it's always been something that's been light, that's been noticeable to me. And so as I thought about, you know, the spaces and places that I can support our, our organization, you know, it's been in the sales side so far. And there is some soft spots on that side of our business where, um, I think there's a lot of really um, uh, strong, capable, intelligent females, and, and there's probably opportunity to uh, focus on some of that too. So I, like Rebecca, was just, um, I aligned well with what the mission of Catalyst is and, and knew that that was a space that I could uh, easily lean into and a mission that I could get behind. And they're just a fun group. They are a really fun we group. We have a really fun group. We are a fun group. Yeah, it's, it's been fun to bring on, um, you know, a few more teammates even this year and, and just kind of see that expansion grow. We've even brought on a few more teammates from the retail side. You know, traditionally, I think ERGs lend heavily on the um, Omaha-based teammates just because that's where a lot of other things happen and our meetings take place. But we've been really intentional about leaning into some of those teammates in retail, too. And they've brought a different but fun perspective uh, along the way, too. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. So, Lacey, you kind of talked about how your development a little bit here, but tell us about your development story or how you came into your role today. Yeah, I can uh, expand a little bit further on uh, what I recently shared. So I've been with the associations obviously for four years now and um, always been in the sales enablement space. And um, for me, this has been really fun because it's still uh, associated or tied to the growth part of, of an organization and, and that revenue engine, if you will. Um, but it gave me a chance to focus on sharing best practices and um, scaling maybe some of the, the successful learnings across the organization. Uh, prior to that, I've always served, like I said, in either a sales leader um, or an individual contributor role. And, and I really loved those. I love being an individual contributor. Contributor, It feeds into my, um, my competition and my relationship-based strengths uh, 100%. But uh, I had the opportunity to, to think a little more um, expansively and, and not only just impact uh, an organization's revenue because of the existing portfolio that I had, but also to be thinking about how can we help scale and share some of those um, sales best practices and learning best practices across all of our sales teammates. And so that's been really, really fun. Uh, it still keeps me, of course, kind of tethered to the growth side of our business, uh, but it's allowed me to take more of a development-focused approach to the way that we bring money in through the door versus just, um, you know, being the specific hunter myself. So uh, the few years before I came to Farm Credit, uh, I actually was working for a previous um, leader and helped kind of start up his own consulting business. And there I was responsible for um, productizing some of the consulting services and solutions that we had. I also hired on 
um, our five sales teammates, and then ultimately we're responsible for uh, maintaining our pipeline and forecasting efforts. So really focused on sales there. Um, and then in the you know 10 or so years prior to that, like I said, I, I either started out as an individual contributor myself and then got the opportunity to um, lead a, a sales team uh, where I supported and, and served and sold in uh, primarily the uh, hospitality and the healthcare industry. So that allowed me to um, get in front of, of um, senior and executive leaders at, at major organizations at an early age. Uh, it was probably the biggest growth opportunity that I've had to this point to be able to sit across from a CHRO or a chief medical officer and and um, and really kind of hold my own. Uh, I'm also really, really thankful that although most often I was the only female in the room, uh, I had some fantastic um, teammates who were, you know, a little bit older and ahead of me in the game. Uh, they were male teammates, but they gave me the opportunity to come alongside them, sit at the table, uh, and they probably challenged and pushed me even further than than I would have myself. And so um, that's really what I've I've kind of primarily been doing uh, before my time here at Farm Credit. That's a that's a tough act to follow. Yeah, <laughs> if anybody can <laughs> handle it, you can. I know. I know. No, that's a. A great story, great experience. Um, so my my path is, I guess, a little bit of an unusual or, or non-traditional one. So I'm originally from Omaha. So um, out of school, I, I did my college work at University of Nebraska, Omaha. So I did a bachelor's degree in psychology, which doesn't really get you too far um, in terms of careers. <laughs> so I actually stuck around UNO and I did my master's and I actually did my doctorate there in something called organizational psychology. So that's the study of human behavior in the workplace. Um, so I went to school for a really long time. I went straight through. Um, I had a lot of really great experiences while I was in school. I got to teach. So I really fell in love with education and teaching and kind of that development piece for others. Um, I got to do, like I said before, I worked for a women's um, research group. Um, I worked for a consulting group, kind of a lot of different odds and ends, but really more around that education and nonprofit world. So again, totally different vibe than kind of how Lacey grew up in her career, but a lot to learn from. Um, when I finished school, I kind of got my first real-world job, and that was also in the nonprofit sector. I was doing education, research, and training. So again, kind of going out, um, we were external, so we would go into different companies around Omaha. We would do training around ethics, compliance, um, communication, leadership, those kind of things. Um, and it was a lot of fun, but the nonprofit world is really tough. So that's when I knew I wanted to make a jump to something else, and I found Farm Credit. So on the customer education team, I get to use a lot of those skills that – I used earlier in my career a lot of the teaching and education piece, um, developing learning for our customers. So it's really kind of a, a cool blend of all the things in my background. So I'm just really glad that I, I landed here and I can use some of those skills that I went to school for a long time for. <laughs> and, you know, Rebecca, hearing you um, share your your uh, your story, it makes me think, although the um, disciplines or spaces that we have explored are different, um, kind of our curiosities probably still lent us in a similar path, right? That we've all, we've both kind of done a little bit of everything and leaned into different opportunities. I think you're also growth-minded um, like myself. And so uh, while you, you try to stay somewhat into a, a similar space so that you can gain some expertise and, and really double down on what you can offer an organization, uh, you also have to be curious and willing to step out on a limb and maybe take something on or try something different. And, and so even though you specifically mentioned it's very different than kind of the capacities that I've been in from a sales perspective, um, I think our journeys have, have kind of lent us here both and it allowed us the opportunity to maybe um, curate some some different um, uh, skill sets and, and, and knowledge points along the way because of maybe saying yes and leaning into trying something new. I suspect we both get bored easily and like to try <laughs> new things. That's probably what got us to Catalyst, right? 
Thank you guys for sharing those stories. They're pretty inspiring. So awesome. All right. Has there been an increase in women in leadership roles since Catalyst has become an ERG? I mentioned before the original study that was commissioned back in 2014, around that time, the number of women in leadership positions was hovering around 18%. I think that was one of the the catalysts for launching Catalyst. Uh, We track those numbers internally by HR, and I know there's been a steady increase since 2014. The latest number I have was at the end of 2021, with that number being around 36%, which shows a pretty good increase since 2014. We know some countries around the world have achieved that 50-50 split, which is really cool. We know in the U.S. there's a lack of women in leadership positions, especially the higher you go. As an example, the national statistics break it down by leadership level, so it's hard to make that one-to-one comparison. Like when you talk about Fortune 500 companies, we see something like 8% of CEOs are women. As you move down to senior management and management, the numbers move more like 27% for senior and 41% for management. So we're making really good progress, but we probably still have some room for improvement. And I would elaborate on that too and just, you know, take it a bit further in the sense of what Catalyst is focused on. And while we think a lot about um, growth and development being a promotion or specifically moving into a functional leadership role, um, we also have to recognize that it takes a combination of rock stars and superstars. And some um, women maybe just want to find something else and maybe it might traditionally be seen as a lateral move, but maybe it's allowing them to um, widen their level of expertise or grow their business acumen within the, the walls of our associations. And so it's really important for us, I think, to follow that metric around growth of females um, supporting and and taking on leadership roles because it's such a tangible number that we can track. But it's not the primary responsibility and focus of of Catalyst. Um, It's important, of course, but it's also probably more important to us as a group to make sure that we're um, providing those growth and development opportunities. And and even if that means that, you know, a current female teammate wants to stay in, in her existing position, that's awesome. Then how do we help her be the best darn whatever role she's in, right? And so um, leadership and, and tracking that as, as far as um, women leaning into those leadership opportunities is super important, but it's just as important for us to recognize that there's a lot of other growth and development opportunities um, for, for folks and, and for ladies who, who maybe don't want to take on a functional leadership role. And so that's something that we're always thinking about too. I think that's a really good call out because those numbers reflect kind of that formal functional leader. And I know there's also, I mean, we say leadership is everyone's business and there's definitely a lot of people um, in informal leadership roles. I can think of a lot of women in the company that aren't in a formal leadership position that I really look up to and get really great advice and mentoring from. So just because you're maybe not reflected in that formal role, you're still a leader and you're still having influence and you're still helping, you know, spread that message across the organization. Definitely. Awesome. So transitioning, what do you believe makes an exceptional leader? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into leadership. I think the things that really stick out in my mind um, is around, we had an event recently and we had a panel of folks talking about leadership and how they support people in the workplace. And I feel like one of the big themes that came out was around listening. I think for leaders, that's huge. I think listening and empathy Um, are really big when you're leading any kind of people, especially if you're leading through tough times. I think empathy and and listening are huge. Um, A lot of, again, I'm going to nerd out for a minute here with like the research. 
Um, but a lot of kind of traits that psychologists study that are considered kind of the more feminine traits are really the ones that prove to be most effective when it comes to leadership. So women leaders have been known to coach and mentor more often than male leaders. Um, there's also some really interesting research from neuroscience when we talk about things like cortisol, which is a stress hormone. There's actually research that shows that women's brains are better able to manage cortisol. So when you talk about making decisions in a stressful situation, there's a little bit of evidence from neuroscience that women are able to kind of thrive under those situations. And maybe we've all seen examples of personal stories where that's been the case. But I think a lot of those traits around empathy and listening, um, building relationships and developing others, I think really that's at the heart of leadership. Yeah, I would agree with all of that, Rebecca. I think it's a nice blend of um, the head and the heart, right? And uh, regardless of, you know, the gender of, of a leader, if, if I think back to the past leaders that I've had um, that have probably made the biggest impact on me, they're the ones who, um, they may be my um, functional formal leader, they may be some of those peer leaders, they may be some of those um, informal leaders and folks that I get to work with, like Rebecca talked about earlier. Um, but for me, it really boils down to, you know, the fact of, um, you know, do they care about um, me and and the team as, as a whole and, and as a human? You know, I always talk about the, the whole person versus just a work-life balance balance and, um, you know, having the, uh, the willingness and the ability and sometimes the courage to show up vulnerably um, with authenticity is, is huge for me. And it's typically a non-negotiable when I think about um, the leadership style that I, that I serve and support best. You know, if, if, um, if I have a leader who's, who's comfortable with, with saying, hey, I'm, I'm not sure the answer of that or, you know, guys, I, I mess this up, but that's okay. We're going to get through it together. And, and just owning that, that really models the way, <clears throat> excuse me, I think. And, and it allows me to feel uh, a little more confident, capable, and courageous to, to reach out and do those things myself. So, um, you know, some of, some of my past leaders I'm still great friends with today. And I think, you know, finding a leader who's comfortable sharing kind of what their growth trajectory is and what their plans are, but then also um, asking you similarly and, and you know, and, and complimenting one another, because I think there's a lot of opportunity to um, support one another. And so not just, you know, lead down, but lead up too. And, and finding that leader that you feel like you really build that trusting relationship with who um, you know that they're supporting, you know, your growth and ambitions, but they're also willing to be vulnerable enough to share that with you so that you can also support their growth um, and ambitions. And, and so just having that, that trusted relationship is, is 100% important. Absolutely. What challenges do you do women face in the workplace? Some challenges, I would say, you know, specifically um, just in general, but but also from a sales perspective, and, and this goes beyond our associations. Uh, a lot of times, I think is the um, the comfortability of leaning into a new opportunity and. Um, you know, recognition that, you know, I'm sure Rebecca, you can, you can back the numbers and speak to this better than I can. So I'll let you go there in a minute, but just, uh, you know, recognizing that, um, sometimes it, it takes a little more courage or it takes maybe a little more thought and takes a little more, um, support and, uh, and, and pushing from other folks to, to sometimes encourage a, a female to, to try something new. And so, you know, I, I think that that's really important to remember that just because somebody has always traditionally looked one way for a role doesn't mean that that's the way that, um, you know, the next person or the next rock star in that role um, needs to think, act, move, look like. 
Um, but I'd also, you know, say that as I've kind of come into um, a space of, of a working mom over the last few years and, and taking that on during COVID, um, I do recognize that that's a slightly different challenge that like my husband doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't always take on. And so, um, you know, it doesn't just have to look like motherhood, but recognition, you know, as I think about even some of the efforts that like crew, our new ERG is doing, um, you know, that looks like just a lot of other responsibilities at home. And while I think traditionally, um, you know, you, you think of, of the wife or the, or the female, um, partner sometimes taking on more of those um, responsibilities. You know, I 100% know that every every home has a balance. But for me specifically, that's been a challenge is finding ways to show up 100% at home in the way that I want to and also show up for for, for my husband and, and for my, my daughter, but also showing up 100% in the way that I want to for my team and the teams here that I support and finding that balance. Uh, there's only so much time in a day and there's only so much energy that you can output. And so um, intentionally thinking about that probably consumes the most amount of energy that I that I have throughout an entire week is is how am I showing up there and how am I showing up at home and and getting all those other things done you know and so so that's really important and uh, it's not anything unique to me as we have more and more conversations or even as we just a chat as a team at catalyst um, that's something that's it seems to be a common denominator for everybody and so um, you know just recognition of that and, and giving some grace and extension to one another that we're all doing our best at home and at work is really important but it's still it still is a challenge that uh, I, I hear from a lot of our female teammates yeah and I know over the years I know everyone's family and the way that they run their household is a little bit different but I know at least at that national level when we talk about coming on the back end of COVID there's so much data and research around burnout and suggesting that women are having higher levels of burnout compared to men um, whether that's because of the responsibilities they have at home, balancing work and life. Um, there, I mean, the numbers don't lie. There's just a, been a higher level of resignations, shifting, downshifting, part, choosing part-time work over full-time work, leaving the workforce altogether. So we know there's been a lot of churn and a lot of turnover. So really, I think the challenge for organizations and kind of national and globally is to figure out, like, how do we restore some of that balance? How do we check on people's well-being? How do we offer resources and make sure that workloads are appropriate and manageable and that people aren't getting burned out because there's a lot of talent that's that's trickling out of the workforce and we want to make sure that doesn't happen. So whether it's men or women, but we know that it is affecting women at higher rates than men. So a lot going on, a lot of problems to tackle. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna switch gears here for a minute and ask a few fun rapid fire questions so we can get to know you guys a little bit better here. So the first question here is, what is your favorite book? We're looking at each other. I think we're both book nerds, so we could geek out about and this for a while. And we didn't practice who would go first. <laughs> I'll take this one. I love books. Um, I'm currently reading two books. I'm typically going through a couple uh, a month. And I would say uh, that's really, really hard. There's various genres and things that I love. I love um, historical fiction. Um, I love um, reading some books that complement some podcasts that I follow. But I would say if I had to try and true and pick something or a series forever and ever, it would be the Harry Potter series. Oh, nice. See, when I thought like first thing that came to my mind, it's an oldie but a goodie, A Wrinkle in Time. Huh. That was my favorite growing up. I still have it on my shelf. Mm -hmm. This episode's podcast ponder question is... All right. Who's your Shiro? Rebecca, you want to take this one first this time? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like, like I said, I've had a lot of really great mentors um, throughout my life. And I mean, you can think 
historically. You can think celebrities. Like there's just so many wonderful women role models. Um, I, I told you before that I went to school for a really long time. So one of kind of my personal nerdy sheroes, uh, it's a woman named Alice Eagley. So she's a social psychologist and she's done a lot of research around women in the workplace. Like she's the one that's always cited in Harvard Business Review and all of those publications. Um, and I got to meet her at a conference once and it was it was kind of like meeting Lady Gaga um, backstage. I was like, I'm such a fan of your work. And it was kind of the nerdiest thing ever. But um, she's just a really cool lady and she's done so much work around women in leadership and women in the workplace. So it's just, I always think of her name. Yeah, when I thought about this, um, I. I first thought of somebody that um, that many people would know. Um, she's an she's an author and, and publicist. But uh, as I thought back over the last few years, as I've transitioned into um, a new role of being a mom myself, I would say that my uh, response has changed, and it's it's my mom. Um, as I think back to you know the ways that she has um, shown up for our family in different ways, especially you know when when my other parent was was sick for so many years, talk about wearing you know multiple hats. Um, she did it and she was a rock star. And, you know, I know many people who will be listening to this also know who, she, who my mom is. And uh, while our personalities are are different, I think the older that I've gotten and, and the um, experiences that I've taken on as a mom has really started to shine a light on a lot of the similarities or alignment that um, – that I, I know that I'm getting from her. And so, you know, regardless of my age, um, she'll always be, you know, one of my closest friends and one of the first people that I call uh, when something's going on or when I just need a leg up or when I just need, you know, a space of support. And so um, realistically, it just comes back to to her. She's been um, the truest, most stable, um, strength-focused uh, female role and presence that I've had in my life. And so uh, I appreciate that. And I hope to emulate something similar for my own little girl one day. I hope she awesome. listens to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Neither. I'm not a pop drinker. I'm not either, actually. I'm not, After I but found if out I go for calories. it, I'm going to go for a Coke. You're going for a yeah, Coke. Yeah, I go for a Coke a couple times a year when there's no bubbly. I'll, I'll take a bubbly. If that's, if that's the third option, I'll take a bubbly. Cats or dogs? Yeah, I have a cat, so I have to say cat. Dogs. I love dogs, too, but it doesn't fit my lifestyle you're right not, now. You don't have to qualify your response. I know. That's okay. I feel like I need to defend it. <laughs> many cat people. There's a lo- lot of dog pe- people in this company. And many cat people always feel that they need to defend their response, and I'm not looking at you any differently. I know. <laughs> uh, dogs, 100%. Texting or talking? Talking. Talking. I feel old school, too, but sometimes it's just nice to pick up the phone and, and talk, and I feel like our generation just will, like, text you back and be like, hey, I'm busy. What did you need? And it's like, well, I was... I was calling for a reason. I want to hear your voice. So if it's something quick, one response or less, two responses, two, two words or less, I suppose it would have to be, right? It would be texting. But if it's just to, just to connect, talking. It's way too easy to read the wrong thing into a text. <laughs> okay. True. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Winter or summer? Summer. Yeah, but it's so brutal right now. I know, but winter gets rough too. Yeah, I, Summer. That's just a hard question, I think, to ask somebody who lives in Nebraska because it's it's brutal all the way around. Um, could we say spring? I'd say fall. <laughs> fall. All right. What was your first job? Uh, so my first job was at Dairy Queen. And I know on one of the previous episodes, that was also Janine's uh, first job. So shout out to all the former Dairy Queen alumni in the company. We can start a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a lifeguard, uh, started that in high school, um, continued that a little bit through college and, uh, I'm biased, but I thought it was the best, the best beginner job, um, ever. I but I, 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 good tan. 
Well, I did have a good tan. I was slinging Choco Tacos at the pool, not Blizzard, so uh, it's a little bit different. It's but a either, similar industry. Either way, we were both um, definitely contributing to the sugar rush of children in, in the greater state of Nebraska. All right, so we'll shift back here to talk more about Catalyst. So what are some events that Catalyst hosts? Yeah, so for 2022, we have a couple different initiatives that we're working on. Um, so a couple that are underway right now, we run a mentoring, a formal mentoring program that we partner with ODL on. So that kicked off in the spring. It'll run until the end of the year. Um, and again, that's open to everyone. So it runs for, I think, nine months out of the year. So be sure to look for that next time around in case you missed it. We also do a summer book club that's underway right now. So we have one book that's ag-focused and one that's kind of personal professional development. Those are really fun, um, so definitely look for those opportunities. The next thing that we probably have coming up where people can be a part of that is our circles groups. So we did a group of circles in the spring and we'll run them again in fall, kicking off in September. So circles are small groups um, that get together kind of virtually over Zoom, and we talk around a specific topic. So it might be a TED Talk, it might be on work-life balance, it might be on speaking up in the workplace. So we have a little bit of kind of a pre-work or a discussion, and then it's just a really fun opportunity to meet people from all around the association. Again, they're open to men and women, so we try to get a good mix, um, but it's a great opportunity to really dig into a topic that might be controversial or top of mind and kind of learn from, from other teammates. So those are really fun. They're pretty popular and fill up quick, so when you see that coming for the fall, uh, definitely jump on the opportunity. We've also been running this year um, our Speakeasy Initiative. So that's been kind of our theme for the year, and it's all around empowering teammates to speak up in the workplace. So whether it's speaking up for yourself, like Lacey said, like leaning into a new opportunity and advocating for yourself, or if you see something not great in the workplace, calling that out or speaking up on behalf of a teammate. We've really been trying to encourage that, especially coming off of COVID, being back in person with each other. I think there's a little bit of readjusting and relearning how we work together as teammates, so we've done a couple events kind of themed around that speakeasy piece. We did a lunch and learn around psychological safety. We recently did a panel about how we can all be better allies to one another. And we've recorded all those. They've been live and in person. So they're all on our SharePoint in case someone missed them and you want to check out the recording. We're hoping to do one more event in the fall. Uh, it's kind of in the works right now. So we'll hopefully have some more information to share. And then like you said, Carly, we're really excited about the all ERG conference in November. Uh, we're planning some specific sessions for that conference that we're pretty excited about. Did I miss anything? I think you hit it all. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. I partook in the mentorship program, and I got a lot out of that. And I actually have continued my mentorship still today. So I loved that program, and hats off to you guys for putting that on. So. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for, um, thanks for raising your hand to do that. Okay. How can teammates learn more about Catalyst? Um, I would say through all of the traditional channels, uh, think about connecting with us on um, Yammer. We stay pretty active there. Um, Rebecca talked a little bit about our SharePoint site, Catalyst. We did um, update our site this uh, last year, so hopefully it's a little bit um, user more user-friendly from a navigation standpoint. So there's a couple different um, places and spaces that you can learn more about us, but you can also um, directly connect with us. And like all of the other ERGs, Catalyst is, is no different. We're really um, driven by relationships. And so, you know, you can always reach out and connect with any individual from our team if you're just curious to learn more about a particular event um, or a topic. If you want to learn more about um, our group as a whole, you can sure reach out to any of those individuals. If you go to our 
SharePoint site, there's a Meet the Teams page where it includes everybody's um, contact information and, and who's on the team. Sometimes I think it's kind of hard to know you know, who's a part of Catalyst versus, you know, just somebody that I see at the events. And so that's a great place to look. Um, and then, you know, if you just want to reach out directly to our team as a group, you can always send an email to dollar sign team catalyst. So we're um, happy and capable to connect with you uh, any way that that's in your most uh, greatest level of comfortability. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I think the big thing is just reiterating that this group isn't just for women. So although that's our, our primary focus and that's really why the group was founded, um, we think that policies and initiatives that benefit women really benefit everyone. So progress for women is progress for everyone in the organization. So we love to see men at our events. We love to see more women, leaders, teammates. They're really open across the board. And I think it's just a great uh, opportunity to learn and learn more about how we can all support each other, especially women in the workplace. So don't be shy about coming out to an event or getting involved. Don't think that, oh, it's just the women's group. Um, it really is for everyone and everyone really can get something out of it. So don't be shy come out to an event, we'd love to have you. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'd emphasize that we do have a ton of um, wicked smart, talented females that work within our associations. And we're, we're so fortunate to have that. Um, but our entire employee pool is, is strong, capable, confident, talented folks. Uh, that's something that I think we pride ourselves on as an organization. And so um, while we, you know, do focus on supporting females, um, there's development opportunities all the way around. And, you know, specifically thinking about if you're a male teammate, you know, if you come alongside um, and, you know, whether you mentor, whether you, you know, sponsor, whether you just generally support as a friend, a female teammate, um, there's always something to get back yourself to. I think about that through mentoring, you know, even if I've been a mentor, I'm always taking something back myself. And so um, we strengthen one another um, when we support each other together. And so I think that's a great opportunity for us to not just think about um, Catalyst, but all of our ERGs and how do we collectively come together to um, to strengthen, you know, who we are as an organization and, and specifically focus on uh, ways that we can, of course, support female uh, development, but also know that that just spurs, um, you know, growth all the way around. Thank you, Rebecca and Lacey, for joining me on Strengthen Your Roots. I loved getting to know you both more and look forward to being involved in Catalyst's upcoming events. Please email dollar sign roots with questions, comments, feedback or ideas for future episodes. Also, don't forget to answer the podcast ponder question on Yammer for a chance to win some great Roots swag. Join us next month for another Side Hustle Spotlight episode series to hear Marty Hofer talk about cryptocurrency. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode.